I'm Alec Baldwin, and you are listening to Mission Daily. Selected as Best of 2018 by Apple, Mission Daily is the number one podcast for accelerated learning. Welcome back to the Mission Daily. This is Stephanie Postles, and I'm joined by Chad Grills. And we are excited to have you guys here for another episode within Mindset Week. Yes. So we started theme weeks, Chad. How's it feel to have these theme weeks? Oh, it feels great. So the popularity of the episodes is uh, skyrocketing and feedback's coming in from people. Uh, So hit us up on socials, at Chad Grills, at Steph Postles. Let us know what you're thinking of the theme weeks. We have really cool ways to expand these and make them interactive, increase the production quality, a lot of fun stuff. And one of the things that helps us do that is feedback. So whether that's on the socials, DMs, private messages, a lot of people don't want to say anything on the socials because anything that's perceived as self-help is viewed as negative or viewed as problematic. So However, yeah, if you want to keep you it just private, listened to our just, last episode, just email us. You're going to start doing that now, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So last episode, we did the seven mindfulness practices to build your mindset. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the seven biggest risks to your mindset. Yeah, these are emotions that will derail your mindset really, really quickly. And they're going to take you to a negative place where you are not going to be emotionally available and where you're not going to be able to win. They're going to take you to a place where you're constantly punishing yourself, where you're consumed by anger and frustration and fear. And I don't want you to have to live in that place. I want you to live in a wonderful place. And these are things that you have to avoid. So we're going to talk about each of these really big risks and then give you some ideas of how you can escape them. All right. So let's jump it off. So the first big risk is fear. And the one thing that Chad always tells me anytime I'm fearing something, he says, Steph, what does fear stand for? And you always say- That's a nice way. Sometimes I'll say like, what's your problem? What if you ever said, what's your problem? What's your problem? Boy, you about to be in trouble. I'm about to drop the honeys on you all day. You better relax. Oh my gosh. All the women listening are cringing. (laughs) But seriously, but seriously, please relax more. So fear. Oh, I can't say that? No, you can't say that. You're not allowed to. You always tell me that fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah, this is. Which is great. It's a cliche, but it's, it's true. You're usually fearful of the wrong things. And I think maybe 5% of circumstances, fear is something you should explore. It's something you should think about and it's something you should write down on a piece of paper, what you're fearing, why you're fearing it, but then take the leap to list out some ways that you can solve it. So think about, okay, are there ways that I can protect myself What are the statistics behind this fear? What are the things that are real fears versus what are the things that are imagined fears? And what you're going to find is that the breakdown is probably like 95.5. So 95% of things are completely just false evidence appearing real. And then 5% of things are things that you should be fearful about. Yep. Yeah, I love that. That's something too that I like trying to think about what does the next week or month or what will my life look like? What are the you know the potential avenues that it could take? And mm-hmm. saying, okay, if I make this decision today, 
what would happen if everything failed? Mm. Like, you know, if I decided to go on my own business, if everything fails, well, okay, I could do this then. Okay, I could do this. And I love being able to start creating kind of like a mini journey of even if everything went to hell in a handbag, I would still be okay. Yeah. And it starts kind of unraveling the fear and making you realize that half the stuff that you build up of, you know, for instance, a very close to home example right now is me, you know, leaving my job at Google to come full time onto the mission. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first it might feel fearful and a lot of people might be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And when you kind of extrapolate that journey and start realizing, well, it's actually no, no risk at all when I think through it. And, you know, there's, there's no, <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's very hard when you start out. This is from, yeah, this is from somebody that gets like two to three job offers, like legit job offers <laughs> at companies you've heard of doing crazy stuff a week yeah and you're you're worried about like a lack of opportunity so th this but is that's crazy like the reminders that you know people need when they're when they're taking a jump or they're thinking about taking a jump that's the kind of stuff that even when you remind you me talk, of stuff you have to talk to people for sure yeah. because it, it's uh because for a while too like you you weren't even correctly analyzing how valuable your skills were and how in demand they were and i tried to tell you this for a long time that some of the things that you were doing and that you had learned how to do, yeah, they're kind of highly sought after, let's say. And if you have a skill set that's like that, don't let yourself be fearful. Get some objective analysis from somebody that you trust and they can help show you if what you're worried about is something to really be worried about or if it's just uh, false evidence appearing real. So get outside perspective from someone that is ideally from someone that loves you and get that perspective from someone who has enough context with who you are, what you've been through and what you've done. Don't find somebody that thinks, you know, every little thing that you do is great. Find somebody that's willing to take a, a good hard look at the marketplace, what the marketplace values and say, yeah, you've got something here. So that worrying about this stupid stuff is stupid. Yeah. Um, and I think also options. talking to people and listening to people who have the context. So Shout out to my friend Catherine at work. Uh, she's the one who I think I even told you was big I mean, shout she's out to on Catherine my team because yeah, you mentioned that she had she's been like following us I and mean, listening to our yeah, podcast so she and being really supportive. Thank both, you, thank you so much. Yeah, she's amazing, and she's the one who she's on my team. So it's like within her best interest to probably keep me on there. And she's the one who even said like, Steph, this is a huge opportunity. Like you know, the mission is amazing. You guys are only growing and going up from here. And you know, if everything like if everything bad happened. You could always come back to Google. You could like you would be hired back in a second. And she laid out this whole thing of like why taking this jump is not a jump at all. And yeah. there's no risk behind it. And it was so nice because people like her who have direct context, you know, they listen to what we're doing and she knows exactly what we're doing. And she works with me, you know, at Google being able to tell me, like, here's how it looks from my perspective. Whereas the people who, you know, friends on the East Coast, even maybe, you know, family who don't really understand too much about what's going on out here are like, oh, how could you leave Google? Like, oh my gosh. And it's because they've watched things like the internship and they're, they're like- Personally offended. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just, you know, they don't have any context. So it's like, you yeah. can't listen to the people who are like, you know, you're supposed to pick a job and you stay there for a decade. Like, that's how it works, Steph. And, you know, you're just like, okay, you don't have any context about what's going on. So I can't listen to you, but find the people who do. And um, yeah, usually there's no fear that should be involved with a lot of decisions and we just build it up in our mind. So kind of took that down a wormhole. We can move on to the second one now of uh, the biggest risk to mindset, which is anger. Yeah. And this isn't 
saying that any anger is unjustified because if if you've been through certain things in your life this is where an honest response is anger and if if you've been abused if you have been hurt and if you're honestly in a situation where you've gone through something horrible that's unjust that's unfair or where someone has treated you like garbage for a long period of time it's okay to be angry and you're living in a sick culture generally that views any type of anger as you know it's a red flag why are you why are you angry like you know being angry is the quickest way to get people who have no idea what's going on in your life to tell you oh you've thought about talking to somebody you thought about going to a psychologist maybe your anger is justified but here's the kicker if you're taking that anger out in the wrong places if you're taking out that anger on people who love you because that's the lowest risk way to take out your anger and because you're a coward because you're a coward and you don't want to address the real source of your anger then you're just going to be a coward but if you're someone who's brave enough to explore their anger and point your finger at the abuser at the person who has been horrible to you who has belittled you that's not easy to do a lot of people will never they'll never do it they're just going to spend their entire life finding people who love them and then projecting that anger out onto them because it's the safest place it's basically a situation where the person who actually loves you isn't going to run away if you're horrible to them i was just going to say a lot of people fall into that trap yeah it's the easiest people to take advantage of because you know you know a lot of times it's like you're married to me and you know i'm gonna you're gonna stay with me no matter what and i think it's great to kind of like you said it's okay to be angry but making sure you start exploring the root of it. What's the quote where it's like, if there's a thousand hacking at the branches and one at the, the root? the one who is striking the root. Okay. Henry I'm, David Thoreau. All right. I knew I would get his... You're the, you're the quote person. I always jack them up, but I, I get him out of you, you know? You always jack them up. There's, yeah, there's lots of times that you uh, nail quotes. Really? I can't even yeah. think of one time. <laughs> I can. Yeah. There's plenty of times where we're talking off air that you uh, nail a quote. All right. Well, I'll take it. But anyways, I think it's really good to explore... What is the root cause of that anger and mm-hmm. how can, you know, how can you start moving towards a place where you can explore it and make yep. sure you're especially not taking it out, like you said, on the people around you. So the third one close to home for me, because I definitely got in the trap of this a lot and I put it under the category of extrapolation or a runaway mind. But so often we think we know what's going to happen, you know, in 10 years from now, if something is the way it is today. So for example, yeah. if maybe you know, you have a lot of work today or you don't like something at your job or your business is feeling stressful. It's so easy to think, well, if it's like this now, it only makes sense that a week from now, it's going to be, you know, seven times as bad. And then 30 days from now, it's going to be 30 times as bad. And you just extrapolate this idea that what you're dealing with today is only going to get worse. Right. And yeah, I really have liked trying to make sure I don't do that in my life anymore. And I really, I read a really good, once again, a quote, but I'm going to kind of mess it up a bit, but it was all about, I don't know if you've heard this about from Mark Twain, where he was talking about the Mississippi River. Mm. And so he was kind of poking fun at people who were extrapolating themes. So a lot of people do this right now when it comes to... Did uh, Mark Twain say something about our theme weeks? <laughs> he definitely... He just shut the hell up. <laughs> oh my God, poor Mark Twain. <laughs> Anyways. Now just playing. Rest in peace, Mark. Seriously, RIP. 
sorry, I got to get got to get back serious again now. So he was talking about the Mississippi River because all these scientists and stuff were coming in and saying, you know, well, if this trend is happening now, it's only going to get worse. And Mm -hmm. it was all around the Mississippi River was supposedly shortening. And he said, based on how you guys are extrapolating everything, or it was kind of just like a story. He said the Mississippi River, maybe 700 years ago, wrapped around the whole earth like 10 times based on how you're extrapolating things. And then in, you know, 100 years from now, it's only going to be a mile long. Yeah. And he was just trying to show them that, you know, at a certain point, same with like Moore's law, at a certain point, the compounding effect stops happening. Right. And same with, I mean, a lot of other trends today that are happening where people are like, well, if AI is like this today, in 100 years, it's going to be smarter than people. And there's so much evidence right now that says that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same thing with crypto stuff. I mean, people just extrapolate something and say, whatever it is today, it's going to be 10 times as much, you know, in 10 years from now. How dare you not fall down and start worshiping AI? Oh my gosh. Yeah. People. That's a side side tangent, but there are seriously people in Silicon Valley that are one dude is starting a church to start worshiping AI. And this this guy's a nut. Or the the people that think we're in a computer right now. Hey, it's complicated. (laughs) It's complicated there about the uh, the simulation, but we'll we'll talk oh about gosh. that later. Okay. So, anyways, I want to always make sure that I'm not extrapolating what's happening today and get out of that thinking because it can really be harmful and can yeah. make you think things are worse than they actually are, and they're only headed in a worse direction when they're probably not. Yeah, because if you keep doing that, you're literally in a fight or flight type mode that you're carrying with you all the time, and that's exhausting. That's going to tap your biology. That's going to leave you feeling drained and exhausted. So don't do it. All right. Next one is envy and hate. So basically, this is really simple. Don't be a hater. Never be a hater. You don't want to do that because just think, if you're hating on something that somebody's doing, whether it's not in a a public forum or whether you are in a public forum, if you're hating in a public way or if you're hating in a private way or if you're making snipe-like comments, if you're kind of like sniping at somebody while they're talking or uh, something like that, and the person actually does it and knocks it out of the park or God forbid accomplishes way more than they, what they even set out to do, the type of people who actually make good on their promises and who learn to accurately predict the future or accomplish something great in business and life, here's the kicker, here's the secret, they're the type of people that remember everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a threat, it's not trying to be really mean or malicious but so as the type of person who remembers everything i remember everything i remember every every single thing that people say not a hundred percent accurate you know there are some times where i don't remember everything perfectly but there are a lot of times where i do and i, I can recall say, things back like, from kindergarten yes, i can, you I can remember can. <laughs> every time somebody told me i couldn't do something or said what I was doing wasn't good enough or it was the wrong thing or I needed to be drawing something different. I remembered that and I use it as fuel. And let me tell you, nothing is more satisfying than remembering that and then going out and doing what you said you were going to do and then revisiting it. You don't even have to revisit with the person that was the hater, that was envious, that was just a jerk to you about something that mattered. Obviously, I mean, there have been plenty of times where my feelings have been really hurt when I've put myself out there talking with somebody and they basically blew, you know, blew off what I was saying. That hurts. But you know what doesn't hurt? Making it happen. 
doesn't hurt. <laughs> it might hurt along the way, but when you actually make it happen and you can go back to the haters and say, oh yeah, you know that thing we were talking about? Yeah, I didn't just do it. You know, I, I did like 10x that. Feels great. So don't be a hater then. Don't and, be a hater. Because, because there's the no people, upside to doing that. The Some people that leader, succeed are going to remember. Yep. And there's also, like I said, no upside. No upside. someone ends up doing what they said, it makes you look silly. And even if they didn't, there was no point in hating on them because it still makes you look silly for not helping and encouraging someone. So just don't do it. It only brings you down. Completely. Next up, worry. So worry kind of fits into fear a bit. So how would you, you know, separate fear from worry? The best quote I've ever heard about worry is that worry is like praying to the devil. Terrence McKenna says this, and it's so true. Again, paraphrasing him here, but worry is betting against yourself. You're robbing yourself of mental facilities and power in the present based on false imaginings. You're literally hallucinating about what could happen in the future and you're robbing yourself of the energy you need in the present to prevent that future from occurring. So when you worry, sometimes it's accurate. Just like we talked about with fear. Sometimes you might be worrying about a potential risk to yourself, your family, people you care about, and worry leads you to a really problematic place. It's going to lead you to a place of consciousness. And in that place of consciousness, you're going to have two choices. Either you're going to take a step to preventing that from ever occurring or shoring yourself up so that if it did occur, you could survive it, get through it and grow through it, or you're just going to succumb to it and you're always going to be worried about things. Don't, don't always be worried. If there's a million things that could happen all the time. And yeah. I always tell myself, like, I don't know enough to know what's going to happen in the future. So all these scenarios that I'm playing out in my head, maybe some are helpful, but most of them usually aren't. And I think, yeah, I forget who said this quote, but all the things I've ever worried about never came true. It's your boy, Mark Twain. <laughs> Oh, it's him again. Yeah, go get your boy. He's he's loose. He's oh uh, he's running his mouth out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I keep man. All right, I guess he is my boy. Kindred souls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or is it kindred? Uh, kindred. Yeah. No. I mean, you you can invent words. That's fine. I mean, I'll say, I, I do yeah, I'll say whatever I feel like saying. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So number six of the biggest risks to mindset: alcohol. You yeah. put this on there. So tell me what you were thinking. I mean, it's just try it for, for anyone listening. Drink too much and see how sure you are of yourself. Drink too much and see how confident you are of yourself. I like the too much part because I'm like, I like my glass of wine. I think there's a right amount to drink. And in certain situations, alcohol is an incredible tool for dissolving portions of people's ego that are just stupid. You can actually, you know, after a couple of drinks, you can actually talk to who someone is. That's that's the beauty of alcohol. That's what alcohol is meant to be used for. And then another way people are going to be like, oh, you can't do that. Uh, another great way to use alcohol safely is uh, by yourself. Yeah, I like your voices, freak. by the way. I hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these are great voices. People are so scared of that. Like, oh, my God, you drinking by yourself. It's like uh yeah, and it's none of your business. Uh, I'm, I'll, I will have a couple glasses of wine or, God forbid, harder stuff. Occasionally, I'll drink whiskey by myself. And shout write, out to Uncle Nearest. Shout out to Uncle Nearest, for <laughs> sure. A hundred proof whiskey. 
with a story behind it that, that actually matters. If you haven't listened to that story yet, season seven of the story, yeah. I think it was episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first, great story. First episode of the story, uh, narrated by Jeffrey Wright of Westworld and many other things. An incredible actor and a really nice person. Uh, Uncle Nearest is a whiskey company that he invested in, and they have a fascinating story behind it. Just search for the story podcast in iTunes and listen, you'll, uh, you'll love it. Yeah. So alcohol, the main point is be mindful and it's how a much... huge risk to your mindset yeah. if you don't use it correctly. If you're going to go, you know, we're talking a lot about authors. Let's talk about an author that uh, became a loser. So Ernest Hemingway, uh, people are like, oh my God, you said something about Ernest Hemingway. As long as you ain't talking about my boy, Mark Twain, such a good, it's all right. He's such a good writer. It's like, yeah, he shot himself in the head with a shotgun at the end of his life. That was the result of his philosophy. That's what he concluded about life because he drank too much because he was a nut job out there by himself. He became a nut job. Don't let yourself become that. And then what's worse is don't be the type of person that hero worships to the point where you don't look at the end result of somebody's lived philosophy. The end result of Hemingway's life was that he shot himself. So What's the end result of Mark Twain? I think he was just a G. I think he was just okay. a, uh, an <laughs> original, a good life. original gangster. And people are like, no, he's a racist. Yeah, yeah there's, so, there's something wrong with every single thing that somebody does. You know, Mark was living through a really tough time. And he told some, uh, told some honest fiction about the times. And people look at that through a modern lens today. And I don't think that they realize how far... I think Mark Twain was actually post-race. I think that he was really trying to push radical ideas in his fiction of collaboration between the races, of not viewing everybody through a racial lens at who are we as people and how do we get together and do things and go on adventures together. And sadly, I think a lot of people have lost that. I hate when people you know, use their viewpoint from today and just try and crush people of the past where I'm like, you know, that was like how many, you know, hundreds Seriously. of years ago. How are you going to go? You don't even know what was happening back then. Like, Seriously. chill. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So the seventh biggest risk to mindset news, which I know we are all about at mission.org. The news can hurt you. Yeah. And this is what in the first episode where we kicked it off with Sean, Sean's wife was an anchor for, I think, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want a lawsuit of a, a large company. And she just realized like, the things that they were having her read were just absurd. And she stopped letting her kids into the room when she was prepping for That's her sad. news reads. She realized this is this is BS. And people are feeding themselves with this every single day. This isn't a conspiracy. This is a simple, if you focus on everything wrong in the world, you're draining yourself of your power. Why are you reading about murders? Why are you reading about all the things that are going wrong when in your local sphere of the world, everything's going great. Keep that energy and keep building out. Keep fixing the things that are wrong around you. The real opportunities to help and to make the world a better place are local to you. Worrying about everyone else's problems in the world and about how horrible it is for everyone. Yeah, it's horrible. There's like 4 billion people in the world that live under authoritarian regimes. They live in literal nightmares. But you're not going to help them if all you do is view their struggle through the lens of entertainment. If you're entertained by the horrors that people are facing, you're not going to have the energy to build technology that's going to free them. So if you want to build the machineries of freedom, if you want to build businesses that are going to create opportunities 
and transact goods across borders. There's the old quote where goods and services don't pass borders, armies will. So if you want to prevent war, if you want to prevent all the bad things, start building technology, join a technology company, teach yourself skills and fix things in a local way. Don't listen to the news. That is a good call to adventure and call to action. (laughs) You've dropped now a G word up. I mean, I'm loving it this episode but anyways that's a good spot to end i hope that i'm just gonna start being more real i'm sorry we just we really need you to do, do it. you baby boo <laughs> <laughs> you, you pull out the big guns too i am <laughs> i like it on that note we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you on the next episode within mindset week see y'all see next, next time, time. mission.org is a media company with a daily newsletter network of podcasts, and brand studio designed to accelerate learning. Head to mission.org to get award-winning podcasts like The Mission Daily, The Story, IT Visionaries, Education Trends, Marketing Trends, Future of Cities, and more. Mission Studios has worked with companies like Salesforce, Twilio, and Katera, to create custom media channels that drive results. Make sure to subscribe to the mission's daily newsletter at mission.org. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.